what's up what's up what's up welcome in welcome back to another episode of the format podcast thank you so much for joining us and uh before we get into the show let's get the particulars out of the way first and foremost if you're a returning listener thanks for the love and support i definitely appreciate it if you're a new listener thanks for taking the time to check out the pod and uh, no matter if you're an old or new listener, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review on the show. It'll really help us out. And uh, the more five-star reviews I get, the higher the show is going to rise in the rankings. So if you love it, show it. Also, if you enjoy it, don't keep it to yourself. Share the show with anyone you know who loves sports talk. If you want to reach out, you can reach me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Bruce F.A. Hope. That's at Bruce F.A. Hope. I'm also on Instagram at The Format Podcast. That's at The Format Podcast. You can also email me, The Format Podcast at Outlook.com. That's The Format Podcast at Outlook.com. And we got something new that we're adding. Um, it's not going to be every show, but when I conduct interviews, I'm working to get you guys more video content. So I've uh, started a YouTube channel called The Format Podcast. The first uh, episode is already up, and that's the uh, full interview with myself and Rob Parker from episode 74 of the show. So if you haven't already heard it, head over to The Format Podcast channel on YouTube and listen to that interview. Uh, make sure you click the subscribe button. Make sure you click the little bell so you can be uh, notified of when new content is posted over there. All right. Doing our best to get it to you every way we can. So um, in addition to that, you have all my social media. What you can do with it, you can give me a shout out. You can tell me you love the show. That's awesome. You can tell me you hate the show. Not so awesome, but still cool. If you tell me you hate the show, just tell me why you hate it. We can debate it. We can discuss it. We can get into a knockdown, drag out, screaming match over it. Nah, just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, it's good. Um, if you have ideas for segments or topics you want me to discuss, go ahead and drop those on me. I'll be glad to get into them and we can do that. Um, so just give me a shout. I don't care what you do. Negative, positive, love, hate. It's all good. I just love the interaction. OK, so. Thank you so much again for uh, tuning in. So just to recap, you can catch me on Twitter at Bruce F.A. Hope. You can catch me on Instagram at The Format Podcast. You can email me, The Format Podcast at Outlook.com. And now you can check out certain episodes of the show on YouTube, on The Format Podcast YouTube channel. All right. So with all that out of the way and no further ado. Game one of the NBA Finals is in the books, and uh, the Miami Heat pretty much got smoked by the LA Lakers, 116-98. But what better time to talk some basketball as the season is wrapping up, and who better to join us to do it than our official format podcast hoops analyst, Andy Noel. So just around the corner, we're going to bring you that full episode. So sit back, relax, and listen up to episode 75 of The Format. podcast talk nba ball you know who it is it's our official hoops analyst aau coach andy noel andy what's going on man thanks for joining bruce thank you for having me again i much really appreciate the opportunity to come out here and chat with you absolutely so um let's get it going uh we'll start with uh last night's game one of the nba finals and Definitely like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, you and I, you know, chatted a little bit during the game. I see you making that that face. So uh, I think I have an idea of uh, some of what's coming here. So let, let's get it going. Um, we'll, we'll start with, I love the way the Miami Heat came out really hot in this game. The Heat came out hot. You like that? <laughs> but um, they came out, they were making shots, they were playing well. Uh, had a lead as large as, I believe, 16 points in the game. And then... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say the Lakers cut into the lead, and I'll let you take over from here. Yeah. Um, 
so first and foremost, just the the league, the the series in itself. Miami needs to be near perfect in order for this, in in order, uh, you know, just things being even and things being what they are. Miami would need to be perfect in order to make this series competitive. What's understated is the Lakers got a stacked roster, right? They got a they got a bunch of really good role players, right? A bunch of you know, uh, they they've essentially turned Golden State's model into their own model, where you have a bunch of switchable players who are long and and, and athletic, right? And a bunch of three and D guys. Miami doesn't necessarily have the size, or at least they aren't playing the size. Number one, so that's the, that, that's if everything was just even. Now you couple that with you got a you got two rookies on your team who who are really just bound to hit, you know, come back to earth at some point. And yeah. to a degree, you know, uh, I forgot the gentleman name, gentleman's whole name, Duncan, Robin, oh, Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Robinson. Mm-hmm. right? You have, you know, you, Duncan Robinson came back to earth last night. Um, Tyler Hero came back to earth last night, especially with some help from, uh, um, but. Uh, At KCP. K- KCP, right? Mm-hmm. The Long story short, right? This is my, my humble opinion. This is a coronation. Right. This the, the basketball analysis for this series will be will be will be limited. Right. Because to a large degree, it's a coronation um, in that. You know what? I'm laughing because to our regular format podcast listeners, you guys heard this uh, when the bubble re, the when the bubble started and the season recommenced. And I had you on and we were talking NBA and you made it quite clear. You said uh, no matter what. No matter what, you know what's going to happen. LeBron is going to win the title. and I was, No matter what. I got the Clippers winning this thing. And um, looks like you're on path to be, uh, you know, <laughs> Adamus. So, so here's the thing, right? And, and, mm. and, and getting to the quick, right? By on mm. itself, right, there, there isn't really any competition. Scottie Pippen said it best. This is essentially a bunch of guys playing pickup ball. Right, this is not the NBA that you and I grew up on, right? And and that's okay, right? Without at the risk of sounding like you know, guys saying, "Hey, old guys saying, get off my lawn." Mm-hmm. This is essential. This is not the game that we knew. You and I talked about it offline. You had said, you know, re- no rebounds, no rings. You don't have any bigs, so on and so forth. That's not the game that's happening today, right? The, the game that's happening today is a bunch of guys running around shooting three-point shots, right? A guy, a bunch of guys playing. It's it. I remember when we were younger, we would watch fast break points. The whole game is fast break points. Right, right. right. Fast break points and three-point shots. So that inner that that inside game no longer exists. Right. So the so the game I I've conceded that the game is has has uh has passed me by. That being said, right, just in terms of breaking down the game last night, there's not really much breakdown, right? So I predicted at Bam out of bio would have fouls on him early in the game. Why? The minute the minute the the minute the other team starts getting going, somebody's gonna start getting fouls. LeBron's gonna LeBron's gonna draw some fouls on somebody. Mm-hmm. Just like clockwork. First quarter, he had he had two fouls on him. So essentially right right after he got those two fouls, mm-hmm. that lead dissipated. Yeah. Call it coincidence, but I think I've seen a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um but that being said, it's if this series goes five games I'd be shocked. So I want to say that I can see it going five, maybe six. Well, obviously that's depending (laughs) on the health of the heat because they're a team that can get hot. The heat get hot. There we go again. And they can shoot again. Right. They can shoot the ball well enough that they can, you know, uh, shock, shock the Lakers one or two games. And also can we really expect the Lakers to continue to shoot from three the way they have in game one? So that's that's the first thing we're going to look at. But to your point, I'm watching the game and we're texting and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Literally like clockwork, the Heat got out to the big lead, Bam catches the two fouls and all of a sudden the lead dissipates and there we go. That's it. Now I am not at all alleging any conspiracy on the part of the uh, NBA. However, as a journalist, I do understand the value of a great story and uh should LeBron capture that championship? There's a lot of elements that a lot of people would enjoy as a great story. So you not being the conspiracy theorist and these opinions being my own, not 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 attributed to the uh, right. to the to the format podcast. I've been telling people the entire se- entire season, which has been an infomercial for LeBron James. There's no possible way. Given all of the commercials, think about it. KCP was shooting a foul shot yesterday, and to the right, there's a there's there there is a a box 
that's showing LeBron and AD highlights. This is, uh, they're shooting yeah. foul shots. There's another commercial that Rick Buecher in his podcast, shout out to Rick Buecher, um, mm -hmm. that in his podcast set where he was, he pointed out one another infomercial and then Chris Webber, who I was so disappointed in. C-Web was my guy. He kept it real for a while. Um, shout out to C-Web. Uh, but he, he, at the end of the commercial, it must be fun to play with LeBron James. What yeah, exactly? I heard that one. I heard What that. exactly are we doing here, guys? It's like, okay, so we, we're not even being objective anymore. So at this point, this is why I say, this is a coronation, right? We're just going through a, the formalities, right? Well, I can say it's, it must be fun to play with LeBron James as long as he's in a good mood, because once he gets annoyed, you'll be traded on out of there. And, uh, <laughs> You know, oh, I know oh, a lot of people are going to call me a hater, but those 42 players that have been traded in the last 10 years from teams that had LeBron James on it might disagree. Here, here, here's what gets lost in the confusion, right? It lost in the discussion. If you're not a certain kind of player, if you are, yes. if, you, if you're not playing under certain circumstances, right? When you say it's, it's, it must be fun to play with LeBron James to the point you just made earlier, those 42 players, right, that had gotten shipped out, right? Kyle Korver was useful, then he wasn't, mm -hmm. right? Dwayne Wade, his buddy, was useful, then he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas too, little man, was useless until he wasn't, right? All these different guys, you know, if you don't, if you don't fit a certain skill set and you mm -hmm. don't hit shots, by the way, you have no idea when those shots are coming because we're not really running plays. You just need to know where to be when mm -hmm. the double team comes and, and, right. and fan, what have you, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, not to belabor the point, right, it's we are now in an era where we are watching simply a, another version of WWE just with people dribbling the ball. Right. We know what the outcomes are going to be. We know where this is going. This is about stats. This is about highlights. This isn't about competition. It just is what it is. Right. And, and listen, at the end of the day, we choose to participate. We choose to talk about it because we, mm -hmm. we remember what the sport was. But at the end of the day, this is not that sport. Right. This is not guys taking each other on and, 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 and for the most part being evenly matched. This is a bunch of mismatches this is a bunch of you know guys running up and down the court and this is a bunch of guys shooting three-pointers and it is what it is mm -hmm. so let's talk about something I thought was really interesting last night and again um I I texted you about it when I saw it I thought it was so interesting and I hadn't noticed it or per se paid attention to it up until last night I'm looking at the Miami roster on the floor and I'm saying they don't have a point guard they don't have a power forward they don't have a center but they're in the NBA Finals. That's confounding to me how, you know, you can play and be effective enough to get to the championship round without those key pieces. And, and it just goes to show, you know, you mentioned earlier how you're conceding that the game is passing by. And maybe to some extent it's done that for me as well. I remember when Pat Riley was coaching uh, the Lakers and then the Knicks and to some extent the Heat one of his most important matches was no rebounds, no rings. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching this iteration of the Heat, and they're shooting tons of threes, and they're getting annihilated on the boards. And I noticed that with the Celtics in the previous round. And it seems to me, I'm not a coach, you're a coach, but one of the most basic basketball tenets is you, you have to get rebounds. And for the most part, you can't win if you don't control the glass or at least, you know, come out relatively even on the glass. So... How do we get past uh, the quote-unquote evolution of the game and get to a point where we can just see it for what it is and enjoy it? You know, including the finals as they are. We know what's happening. Because, you know, you keep hearing just enjoy it for what it is, enjoy greatness. What do you do and what's your suggestion for that? Ah, uh, you don't want to hear I don't... <laughs> <laughs> so, look, look, as a as a former basketball player, as a as a coach, um, as a purist, as mm -hmm. a basketball, you know, analyst in my own head, right? I'm always watching the game and breaking it down. I find it very difficult to watch this iteration of the game. Mm -hmm. I'll give you one example, right? You and I talked about it earlier. We are at the point where the NBA and the NBA media are now making highlights out of fouls and out of violations, mm -hmm. right? KCP smacks Tyler Hero in the head, and that's an NBA highlight. They call that a chase down block. They, yeah. At this point, 
right? Because they know the average fan doesn't know the game well enough to even be able to discern whether that was a foul or not, mm -hmm. they'll show that highlight, right? Or they'll show, you know, LeBron putting his elbow into a guy's chest mm -hmm. and, knock it, and, and knocking him over and the ref calling the foul on that and they'll put a hashtag bully ball, right? That's an offensive foul. So we are now, we're basically at the point where the, where the horse is out of the barn, right? You know, two paces out of the two. This isn't going back, right? This is, this is actually getting... This is, it's going to be this way and continue to evolve in this direction because we are, the game is more predicated on content in terms of highlights and stats, things mm -hmm. that people can reach out and touch, people can talk about. You and I, to a fault, have had arguments with people on social media <clears throat> or debates who's, who essentially the first thing they do is throw out stats, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, this person is the greatest. You're, you're watching. You're watching a game on a in November on a Sunday afternoon, and three weeks into the season, the commentators are already talking about who's going to be the MVP, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden, the MVPs you know gives players superpowers. You know who's going to be rookie of the year? We've barely even watched anybody play yet because now the game is the game is solely focused on these on putting false importance or false significance on these awards that especially at this time of the season are completely irrelevant, right? But because they know it's that people aren't really into the game in its purest form, which you and I are, they more market it towards those people. Right. And the challenge for us, right, is how much patience do we have? How much of this are we willing to put up with, right? I was watching the game in a car dealership last night. And I basically stopped. My, my wife is looking at me and like, okay, well, what, why are you I, I basically acting like I'm in my living room? Because I, I got up and I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? <laughs> 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 but the issue is, right, at the end of the day, I don't know what they're doing, right? Let's just use something as simple as setting a screen. The pr setting a screen, you would have to be completely still while the defender runs into you Mm -hmm. If you moved over right or left, or if you impeded his positioning, excuse me, if you impeded his progress. his uh, his progress, that's a foul on you. Yes, illegal screen, absolutely. Now, now the screen setters are basically running these dudes <laughs> over, right? And it's like, okay, and if the if if the defender happens to try to get around that screen, that's a foul on him. Yeah. So. The game at this point is is so is so geared towards the offense now that they've gone beyond they've jumped the shark as they would say right it's it's this is ridiculous so to answer your question I don't know if it's going to get to if it's get, ever going to come back I can't imagine that it would right because look at its popularity now mm -hmm. right look at look the NBA has figured out that the comp the competitive aspect of the game is trumped by the marketing aspect of the game, by the narrative aspect of the game. Right. Jalen Rose, who I respect quite a bit, said the other day, and he just said it haphazardly, this has all the storylines and of uh, and, and uh, of uh, the makings of, of a great series because of all the storylines. You and I came to the game to watch the competition. These guys are focused on storylines, right? I think the difference is that when we were coming up and we were watching the game, the competition is what created the storylines. Now... The storylines come from other places, but so be it. Um, to your point about the stats and the game being so geared towards the offense, that's another thing I wanted to mention. I actually tweeted it out and I think posted on Instagram. I saw a graphic last night about LeBron James now being second all time in made three pointers in the NBA finals. And okay, that's great. It's another statistical milestone for him. That's fantastic. But some context here, and this is something I mentioned. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, watch the C word, buddy. Watch the C word. <laughs> no, you know, to add a little context, three-pointers didn't even exist in the NBA until 1980, and it wasn't until about 2005, maybe 2006, with the seven, to seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns that the three-point shot really exploded in terms of its value and its volume. So comparing a guy now taking a lot more threes to players back then who in many cases were better shooters than him is, I'll just say it, it's, it's asinine. 
So to utilize uh, a statistic like that and create a graphic and put it out there to say, oh, well, LeBron is doing this. You just, you can't compare that because the game is so completely different in the way it's played and the way it's coached. But anyway, uh, you're right. I probably sound like a no, no, no. old man I'll, get I'll, off my let lawn. Me use, let me use your guy to make your point. Okay. Larry Bird, known as one of the best three-point shooters ever to play the game, correct? Mm, yeah. Bird took less than five per game. Right. He didn't shoot him a lot. Um, I believe right. he was the first one to set the record for made three-pointers in a season, and it was like 61 threes. You know, they, they weren't shooting them a lot. Um, so, so the, so the the logic behind comparing that, right? Comparing that where they where sixty one, right? Sixty one makes in in a season is record breaking, right? It, they're taking they're, they're taking forty in a game today, yeah, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, and Steph that's Curry, one team. That's one team. Steph Curry right. is taking seven a game, mm-hmm. right? And 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 he's hitting at a thirty plus percent clip, mm-hmm, right? So uh, yeah, forty three percent for his career, yeah. Right. So the to me, right, the, one would say, well, again, we're being we're, we're just complaining. We're old heads complaining. No, it's it's it lacked the comparison lacked context, mm-hmm. right? They weren't taking three. They weren't taking that many three pointers back then. So this first of you know the second of what have you. It all of a sudden has become, excuse me, has become the forefront of every argument, right? LeBron James is the first guy to wear Nikes, two different color Nikes, and dunk at the same time, you know, while somebody else is shooting a three-point in another gym. It's they're creating all these different stats that didn't matter 20 years ago, but now all right. of a sudden have significance. Right. Yeah. So um, so obviously the Lakers getting back to the finals, the <laughs> Lakers won. Game one in, in a blowout, I think, uh, 116 and 98. And Miami also suffered multiple injuries. <coughs> so, um, obviously, with health being a factor, this series could be over uh, more quickly than we thought. <laughs> You're making that face again. Um, the, the, the series could be over much more quickly than we thought. But Why don't you call it the coronation? I'd be a lot more comfortable if you said the coronation could be over <laughs> a whole lot faster. And, by the way, the NBA is saying to themselves, all right, yeah, listen, we can save a couple of dollars on this button if we get out of here faster. Hey, rep. Well, they could be saving a couple of dollars on the bubble, but they could also be uh, losing money on the uh, ad revenue and have to pay in those make goods. But that's a different story entirely. Um, so we, we know where you are on the NBA finals. I'm hoping six games just, you know, for some level of competition. There we go again with another C word that's probably bad nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let, let's move on from the NBA Finals um, to another topic we discussed that I thought was interesting, the NBA coaching carousel. So some um, big names were, were fired or released or mutually parted ways, whatever you want to call it, uh, so far in this offseason. Mike D'Antoni, uh, he was fired from Houston, Doc Rivers. Uh, I thought they mutually parted ways. Doesn't you know matter. What? No, Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> You're correct. Mike D'Antoni actually let them know that he would become a free agent and he would step away. Doc Rivers and the Clippers mutually parted ways. Alvin Gentry and Nate McMillan were both fired. So let's talk a little bit at where you see some of these guys possibly ending up. I know Doc Rivers just recently interviewed with uh, Philadelphia. Let's start there because I find Philadelphia to be so interesting because I think that um, Joel Embiid, should be a top three player in this league in terms of his size and his ability, but he hasn't had the coach to get him there. Your thoughts? So Philadelphia is in my backyard. I'm, I'm, I, I see those guys quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty, pretty aware of what's happening with them. As far as Embiid is concerned, you know, first of all, let's stay with Doc. <clears throat> I think it's going to be interesting what happens with Doc, with Doc, right? Doc's got a chip, right? Doc's got a championship. So that gravitas is already there. <clears throat> but he's got to prove himself all over again, right? Because him losing three one, this is this is the second time he's done he's done that. The fourth, third. third, three times, right? Mm-hmm. That's on your resume, right? Yeah. <clears throat> You've got to live that down, especially with the squad with the squad that you just lost three one with. Now, listen, personally, I don't think I don't think I don't think this was terribly disappointing um, because of 
this one is their first year. It's a bunch of adjustments that had to happen, right? So losing three one was probably a little bit of a downer, but I'm not surprised that they that they didn't that they didn't you know win the championship. That being said, it's Doc's got Doc's got some work to do, right? But they've also got to move some place some pieces. Philadelphia is in a tough spot, right? Because they've they've got a bunch of guys who essentially are, are covering the same space. Embiid and Embiid and um, Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons are practically the same height. Ben Simmons is a power forward who can't shoot but handles the ball. Mm-hmm. That's an issue, right? Um, and you can't keep you listen as a as a as a as a defense. You can pack it in on Embiid because there's not, not, there aren't a lot of shooters that, that can keep, you know, that can keep the defense honest. Um, and Bede's a tough player, a, a problem, but he likes to take it easy on the defense by shooting three-point shots. He's a really talented dude. He has, a, he has an embarrassment of talent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works against you, right, where you don't – you do – you 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 use all of your tools when you really only need – use all five tools when you really only needed two or three, right? He'll shoot a three-point. He sh- he'll shoot a three-point shot, give an up fake at three at the three-point line. It's like, bro, you're seven foot something. Get down there. Mm-hmm. Having said that, right? It's if he has the right players around him, that might work. He doesn't really have the right players around him. Now, what Doc Rivers is going to add to the equation? <laughs> Doc Doc is really good at motivating dudes. Now the knock has become it has become it has become on him that he is not necessarily um, good at changing strategies. He's not versatile when it comes to making adjustments. If if the expectation is that Doc will win, get them to the championship, unless there's some other changes that come along, I don't see that happening. Now keeping them competitive, that's something different, right? Maybe getting them out of the out of the the, the first round into the second round and and, and into the third. Maybe uh, winning a championship, there's going to have to be some changes that are made. The roster doesn't work; it just doesn't. You don't have enough shooters. You got You have a couple of guys who are who are. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris is a decent player, decent. Um, but if that dude does, I don't. Remember, I watch them play almost every game, and that dude does not hit big shots. Not even in regular season games, he does not hit big shots. You have other guys who are developing, um, who could, who need, who who need to be in an environment that's structured. Brett Brown lost that team last last year, and they brought him back. I guess they had to. They're going to have to make a bunch of changes in order in order for Doc to be able to get these guys more, it, 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 further than they've accomplishing more than they have in the past. There's going to have to be some changes. Somebody might have to go. You know what I just thought about that I hadn't even considered before. And as far as I know, hadn't been mentioned. Why would Philly, if you're going to keep Embiid, why would you not take a flyer and try to pull Patrick Ewing out of Georgetown? Nah. The reason I'm saying that, you have a dominant big. Get another one to coach him like the fire and teach him what it should be. Here's the thing. Patrick Ewing, there's a reason why Patrick Ewing doesn't have a job today, right, in in the league. Um, When you don't, you got to be, you have to be, you have to be able to coach today's player. Patrick Ewing's a – you ever seen him on that, on that Georgetown on that Georgetown bench? Think about the players he's lost, right? He's lost some players. Patrick Ewing's mm-hmm. an old-school dude. Mm-hmm. He's not meant for these for – these, he's a John, Tom, John Thompson disciple. I was right? just about to say, right, he's coaching the way his coach coached, the way he was taught. He was coached by John Thompson. He was coached by Pat Riley. Uh, I think he was coached by Rick Pitino for a little while, you know. Coached by a bunch of – Van Gundy. Coached mm-hmm. by a bunch of disciplinarians, right? Mm-hmm. Today's players are really mushy, right? And be like Embiid's skill set, but Embiid's mushy, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> All that playing around and wanting to be, you know, wanting to be friendly and laughing. Listen, your personality is your personality. Mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing, although he wasn't a killer, he was an intense player. Yeah, right. He he couldn't close the deal, but he was intense. Mm-hmm. Those 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 personalities wouldn't blend. And and again, you got a guy who wants to come out here and shoot three pointers, right? You've already paid him however much money you've paid him, so you're on the hook for him. So the it's that's going to come from coaching, right? That's going to come from a coach with gravitas, with credibility, to come in here and say, "Hey, man, this is what we need you to do," right? In order for the team to succeed, but at the same time, he also he he has to say, "Okay, well, I, you know, the guy bringing the ball up can't shoot, so what am I supposed to do?" Mm-hmm. Right. I got I, I got to I have to be able to create my own offense, given my circumstances. You put the right roster around him. We'll see what happens. Right. So do you think um, and it's 
I'm going to assume here that given the available uh, coaching names that Doc Rivers is probably going to end up that Sixers coach. How do you see that playing out? I saw it this morning, actually. They said he's the favorite. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, I think it, it might be his job to lose, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it, in my opinion, it might be him or Nate, Nate McMillan. But given Nate McMillan, and Nate McMillan's a pretty good coach. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if you got a choice between those two, right, just from, from a resume standpoint. You go with the champion. And, yeah. and the, guy, the guy who's accustomed to handling, you know, the, the big names, right, Paul Pierce, mm -hmm. KG, Ray Allen, Rondo, uh, Chris, Chris Paul, you know, uh, um, um, Blake Griffin, mm -hmm. right. And, and Kawhi and, 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 uh, and Paul George, yeah. Paul George, right. So you, mm -hmm. this guy's got some names on his resume, right. right. Trace Brady is another one. Yeah. This guy's got some names on his resume, right. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to impress your franchise players, you kind of bring in the guy with, 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 with a name and who's, who's had some success versus a guy who, I like Nate McMillan's, but he's not a glamour and glitz guy, right? So, you know, his his resume includes, you know, the, the second cities, right? The, the or, or the tertiary right, cities, right. like Portland or in the, Indiana, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the question is, do you think Doc Rivers could have success if he becomes the Sixers head coach? Depends on the roster moves. Fair Depends enough. On, right? It's, it, it's not going to work. He's going to have limited success based on what the current configuration of the roster is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's gonna have to be some changes made. There's gonna have to be Ben Simmons might have to go, right? Ben Ben Simmons may need to go. I'd get rid of him, <laughs> but uh, that's me. <laughs> um, if given my choice between Embiid and Ben Simmons, it's so, so think about I, and I don't know where Doc Rivers and Chris Paul's current relationship is, but you bring a Chris Paul, a Chris Paul could get the most out of an Embiid. Okay, yeah, I like that. Chris Paul can get the most. Chris Paul is a is is a is a prototypical point guard that can mm. play in this league. But he has it. He has the IQ and the and the, the the personality to make players respect him. Embiid Embiid would would have to listen um, mm -hmm. if if CP3 is the one that's control is, is the one that's bringing the ball up. He would have to right. right? And and but CP3 doesn't have that. He doesn't have a lot of a lot of tread left on that tire. So that it would have to be. And he think he's owed like forty four million dollars this coming season. So okay. um, it would. I think the numbers might match up, mm -hmm. but in terms of just what would make the most sense, that would be a, that would be a great idea, right? Because he could run that team current as it's as it's currently configured, right? He could make he could get the most out of Tobias Harris, he mm -hmm. could get the most out of Embiid, he could get mm -hmm. the most out of some of their other players, right? right. CP three could do that, um, but outside of that, I don't I don't I don't see how it works. You, you'd have to you'd have to do a lot of overhauling. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's move on to Mike D'Antoni. Where do you see him ending up? And I guess an even better question is, why do you hire this guy? It's clear that his system cannot win. What's the point? I don't know if you really care about winning, right? To the point that we made earlier, right? The game is about highlight point, right? Mm -hmm. It's isn't it, highlights, it, threes, and stats. Yep. So you got you have a you have a dynamic guard in Victor Oladipo. You have the other gentleman, uh, man, the small forward that got that, that got that really got busy in the playoffs. T.J. Warren, right? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. You 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 got the making. You have you have a versatile big in um, in Sabonis, <clears throat> and you've got a you've got a couple of other pieces that that can work. So you want to these guys want to bring butts to the they want to put seats in the arena. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, butts in the arena. That's really all they want, right? Yeah. And they want and they want to be buzzing on social media. Winning a championship doesn't matter at this point, right? Right? Does it really? Because because think about it in these terms, right? You already know what the outcome is going to be if it's, if a certain guy's in the league, right? So you know what the outcome is going to be. Okay, so what's the second? What is what is what do we look at as a second level of accomplishment? People are interested in us, right? Our home team is interested in us. We're putting a right. product on the floor that keeps that 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 keeps people keeps the eyeballs engaged. Antoni does that for you, right? Look 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 at look at uh, look at where James Harden's career went as a result of playing for D'Antoni. That's true. Right? All of a sudden, James Harden is a household name, going from six-man. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. James Harden did his thing when he was playing for uh, Mikhail as well, but not to this degree where he's, right. where he's going on these long streaks of, 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 you know, of scoring title. I mean, scoring streaks for 60 games or how, I mean, six games or however many games mm -hmm. he's scoring X amount of points. Right. That happens as a result of that offense, right? So if D'Antoni should end up in, let's say, Indiana, 
mm-hmm. that could be a boon for Oladipo then. Oladipo could go crazy in that system. If his body holds up, yep, he could. Yeah, yeah. Right, if it's, it, it, oh, oh, th- that, that may work for him or against him, mm-hmm. right? So now, oh, now him playing that much harder, I don't know. He's, he's been a little injury prone as of recent. I don't know if that, or I don't know if that will be beneficial to him if he's not 100% healthy, right? So Steve Nash, as good as Steve Nash was, Steve Nash kind of got injured a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, Harden, big, 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 strong dude, not injured, but ran out of gas quite a bit, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you know, Jeremy Lin, right? Shot up like a, a rocket and then fizzled out and never was heard from again, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it'll be tricky, right? And now does he add new wrinkles? Who knows, right? But TJ Warren, again, right? TJ Warren, he can get the most. I think that offense could get the most out of TJ Warren as well, right? It's a, a guy who can handle, who can shoot, um, and who can who can also play make. So it's uh, it remains to be seen, but I think that's probably where he lands. No expectations, right? Nobody's expecting you to win the championship. You're just coming out here and you're winning you know, 49 to 55 games a season. Mm-hmm. You make it to the second round of the playoffs and you've done your job and you get to go home and be happy. Right, right. So the last coach I want to mention is uh, Alvin Gentry, fired by the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. What do we see there? He's a D'Antoni disciple, runs that, uh, you know, that that similar offense. Where do we see him possibly ending up and how good can he be? Back on somebody else's bench. Uh, back on one of his guys' bench. Maybe a D'Antoni, maybe a, a Steve Kerr. Maybe a Doc Rivers, right? He's he's good at certain aspects of the game, but he's not he's not running anybody's team. Not not now. Um, I'd be shocked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who are the openings? What, where 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 are the openings today? Obviously, the Indiana, the Philly, um, New Orleans. He just got fired from there, so he's not going yeah. back there. Uh, I believe Houston still an opening. Um, nah. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's gonna not... end up on. He can end up on somebody somebody's bench. He'll he'll be he'll be he'll be an assistant coach, high level assistant coach. Not even mm-hmm. not the top guy, maybe third third guy on somebody's bench. Okay, all right. So we've kind of we've gone through the the coaching carousel a little bit. Some big names there. We've talked about that. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk a little uh, free agents. Um, obviously, we know the biggest name, even though he's not technically a free agent until next off season, is Giannis and. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to end up. He's he's still adamant that he's going to remain in Milwaukee. You know, me with my old school mentality, I can only hope that that's the case. And he keeps putting in the work in and eventually breaks through. Don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, that's what he's saying. But in terms of available free agents this offseason, once free agency begins, uh, Montrez Harrell, Carmelo Anthony, Brandon Ingram, Anthony Davis. B.I. is, B. I. is, an, is a... Uh, he is correct, is, yes. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, Gordon Hayward. Those are pretty much the biggest names in the let's, let's go. Let's go one by one. Yeah. Um, so Montrez Harrell, that's going to be uh, the first one. What, what are we seeing? Montrez is, a, is not a skill player. His skill is hustle. I was just about to say, yeah, he's... he's but a, I... I don't think he fits in. I don't think he fits in um, in on the Clippers anymore, right? The, the the Clippers, to a degree, have changed identities, right? And he kind of got exposed playing against you know certain kinds of athletes with with size. What is he six seven, right? Yeah, six seven six eight. Mm-hmm. You're a six seven six eight power forward who can't shoot mm-hmm. and who relies on energy plays, mm-hmm. right? So. Translation, we pack the paint, you become useless. Well, 18 points per game worth of energy plays. It's a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah what did that what did that what were those numbers in the in, in the playoffs this oh, year? Oh, terrible. There you go. Now Sorry. people people are gonna say he lost his grandmother right before the, the bubble and he was never able to really get it going. And that, that may be legitimate, but I, I, I get your point. The, the the so here's the problem, right? Again, what you gotta understand is coaches know what you do well and what you don't. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of these guys, the a Montrez Harrell again. Montrez Harrell needs to be playing off of somebody else, right? <clears throat> now where he goes, he needs to be he needs to be playing around players who really know how to play and who who could really open the floor for him to do what he does, which is dive and and <clears throat> and put backs and grab rebounds and 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 block shots where he can. But that has a shelf life, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't last forever, right? It's it's that that when you play with that level of reckless abandon, you got only there's only you know <clears throat> even Rodman right. Rodman was as good as Rodman was 
you know, Robin, his body was beat up. Mm-hmm. He's another version of Dennis, right? A, 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 not a poor man, but a broke man. Destitute <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of Dennis Rodman, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got to be careful. Now, I just don't think he fits on the Clippers anymore, right? So he's got to be careful as to where he goes. I could see him end up somewhere in like Detroit, right? Some secondary marks. Somebody that's going to, he's another one that, needs, that can, he can, he can keep, eye, he can keep the eyeballs engaged. There's not really a lot of substance there, right? So I don't know where he goes. I can see him in a Detroit. I can see him in a secondary market. I don't. I don't even think. I don't. Man, maybe Miami, right? Um, depends on how much money that. he's for, right? It's um, <clears throat> but definitely not any of the majors. It, it, he does. He doesn't really have that kind of game. Mm-hmm. And long term, right? What does this dude look like two years from now? We get we yeah. sign him to a big contract, and two years he's out. Of, he runs out of gas. He's injury plagued, and what have you. Now mm-hmm. you're stuck with that contract trying to trade him. Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay, next up, um, one of your guys, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, does he stay in Portland? Is there anywhere else he can land? And possibly- if Portland's smart, if Portland's smart, they keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, he delivered. At the end of the day, he delivered. Right? He showed up. Right? He had big shots for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Melo's game will age nicely. Melo's, not, Melo's a jump shooter, right? Jump shooter and post, post guy. And Melo's game pays off specifically in the playoffs, right? When you need – Let's just say if Miami had a if Miami had a mellow, the game with the series would be more interesting, right? Because you got mm-hmm. a guy who can who can give you who can give you production out of the mid post. Now you got to play deep. Now you now you have to play honest defense, mm-hmm. right? Mellow is um, if Portland is smart, Portland keeps him, right? Because he balances out the other two, right? Um, they do do they make some other moves? Absolutely. If if they if their bigs were healthy, that team gives that team gives the Lakers. That team gives the Lakers a bunch of problems in that first round. Mm. All right, Brandon Ingram. I think I, that one's interesting just based on uh, New Orleans has a nice young core there, and Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. keeps getting better. Coincidence, LeBron got him up out of there, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If he's smart, he stays. I don't, I don't see where yeah. else he fits. Right, if he, to the point you just made, right? There's a bunch of young guys here, right? Grow with, this, grow with these guys, right? Depending mm-hmm. on, on the coach they bring in, right? Um, and I wonder if a McMillan would, would actually take that job, right? If, if if that would be, you know, where he ends up ultimately. But, yeah, you're, you're with a bunch of young guys. Everybody's kind of on the same timetable, right? So so you get an opportunity to kind of fly under the radar. Like, these guys, there's no expectations from them. I would hear a lot of the commentary like, oh, well, he should be further along. Like, God's freaking 22 years old. Like, why should he be further along? Right. right? It, there's a there's a there's a development that needs to happen with some of these guys and maturation that needs to, that 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 comes along with just playing right. I've watched him. I love his game. I think sometimes sometimes he gets in his own head, but I love his game in that he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a, uh, a poor man's version of KD. Right when he figures out what his capabilities that. are, mm-hmm. when he figures out just how good he is, he's gonna be a freaking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Right because he's long and rangy, and he has he has a handle and he has a jump shot, a mid range. Yep a mid-range and a, and a long-range jump shot. Um, I think it would be smart for him to stay. But, again, he's, you don't know. These guys have agents. These guys are worried about their brand. They're worried about you know, all these different things. He's going to get the money if he stays, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. there's, no, there's no real benefit for him leaving. But who knows, right? I don't, I don't know if there's another place that he works better. All right. Easy one, Anthony Davis. Next. <laughs> Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet stays if he's smart. <laughs> um, who needs a point guard? I don't know. If, <laughs> who's who's the, who's the point guard for New York? New York did New York hire a coach? I I, I apologize. I should know this. Tom Thibodeau. Let's find out who that New York Knicks point guard is, by the way. But oh, wow. uh, they they look hired Coach Tibbs. Look at look at how advanced we are. We can do research on the fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's uh Frank. I can't say his name. Frank Mitty. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and Nitty's still on his rookie contract. They didn't yeah, he's a point guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look out for that one. And he's actually, well, putting up numbers on a bad team is it is what it is, but he's not he's not terrible. You put Van Vliet on that New York team and that playing for Tom Tibbs, that might be a difference maker. Um, you know he's going to defend, and he can he can make shots, and he's tough. And New York. He's New York the type isn't of player that Thibodeau likes. Say again. Yeah, New York. New York isn't cash strapped either. So, um, 
Um, yeah, that could be that, that. Look out for that move. It, it would be smart, right? Um, mm-hmm. Look, he's doing that Toronto. That Toronto thing may be on its last legs, and he'd be smart. Right? Yeah. He, you know, there's a there's a bunch. Marcus Sole isn't even in the league anymore. Right. Right. Marcus. But you know what? Which means they actually might be able to pay you know Fred Van Vliet. So um, it might be interesting to see where that goes. Right. Um, but in my opinion, I think um, I think New York might be a good look for him. Just. Guys like him are really, really, really good, but there's no really expectation that these guys are here yeah. to win mm-hmm. right? They, they, they're here to come out here and, and you know, they, pardon the lingo, bust your ass on a nightly base, give you a mm-hmm. headache, and, and essentially go on with their lives, right? Mm-hmm. They're, not gonna, they're, not, they're, not, they're not here. They're going to make a nice, decent mid-level, you know, mid-level package where they make some decent money and, and just come out here and, and you know, give you that workmanlike effort on a regular base, mm. but never really him winning a championship was probably was so the, the, the that was probably it was so far fetched and so improbable. But now that it's happened, the expectation that he's actually looking for that to happen again probably slim. Got it. Um and uh the last uh free agent we want to discuss Gordon Hayward, the Boston wow. Celtics. Yeah, I think he's old uh he's got a player option. And if he stays, I think he makes about $32 million. <laughs> Obviously, if he takes that option, he's not going to get near that money anywhere else. Uh, what's a good fit? And should he stay or should he go? He's, he's at a logjam position there in Boston. I mean, so, he does help make the team better, but he's at a logjam position. That's what I was going to say, right? Where's he going to go? Right? Um, for me, right, they own $32 million. I think he stays. And, and he st- if he's smart, he stays he stays and then comes back next year for at a cheaper, at a cheaper rate. Well, he's going to have to, because they're going to have to pay those two young guys. Tatum. You made your money, bro. You made your money. What's unique about him is when you, when he came into the series this year, he was a difference maker, mm-hmm. right? He, he, he settles everybody down. He's still really, really, really effective. Mm-hmm. He's got a longstanding relationship with the coach. Yep. Uh, and, and he's he's a good player, right? So he's a he's a non-threat to the up and coming guys, right? He's a non-threat to Brown and Tatum, so you he's useful for them. In my opinion, he stays. I also don't know where else he would go, right? Um, <clears throat> what else is available? Who else? Who needs a three, right? Um, I don't know if there's a if there's a place that he can go to that that's going to work for him, right? So maybe mm-hmm. you just play this year out and see what the options are next year. Right, but in terms of fit, he's in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Right, he's. He, he, um, I was listening to Tim Grover. Shout out to Tim Grover. Um, and he was talking about one of his players, and you know, some of these players that are that you know leave simply because of the money and end up ruining their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's made a couple of dollars, man. But then again, I didn't even think about this. Utah's a good option for <laughs> going back to Utah. Listen, he goes back to Utah. And plays with and plays with Spider, yo. Know, that that's a that's not a bad look, not a bad look at all. So inside, it, I mean, outside, one two punch, yeah, not bad. It's the so the Utah doesn't even have who I forgot what the what the what the Aussie guy was. What's his name again? The Aussie shooter that that, that starts at the three four. Huh? Joe Ingles. Ingles, right? Mm-hmm. Ingles is, is a bench player. No disrespect intended, but he's a bench player, mm-hmm. right? So you put. You put um, Hayward back on that team, that, that changes the dynamics. Maybe one one other change, one other. Hey, actually, no. You know, I think I, that's something to consider. I don't know what I don't know what kind of cap room Utah has, but that's definitely a good idea. There we go. There we go. So that th- those are definitely some interesting thoughts on the free agency talk in the NBA. So I guess to one more. So why why yeah. why we why we go away from Giannis? Giannis is probably gonna move this summer. Well. Um, Giannis is not technically a free agent until 2021. So no, neither is Brendan Hayward. So let's 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 at least Gordon let's Hayward. At least, huh? No, Gordon Hayward. Well, he if he takes the player option, he becomes a free agent. We don't know if he's going to do that or not. I think I think this summer it might happen, right? I think I think uh, if Milwaukee is smart and if Giannis is smart, given the assets, given what's available, you go you ask for that trade to to, to Golden State. Oh wow! Look at the look at the consternation. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, Andy, you you know me, and you know I don't like the super team thing. Um, I I don't like guys asking out when they're still under contract. I don't I don't like any of it, and I do like competition. And I would love to see. I know it's a pipe dream, probably, but I would love to see Giannis stay there 
and keep battling and eventually get through the way Mike did and the way not I gonna did and the way all the other guys had to. Not going to happen. Here's why. Giannis, Giannis's skill set isn't what those guys skill. You, isn't That's what true. Those, Giannis is, I wouldn't say he's a, a B player, but Giannis is another one whose, whose real skills are energy and mm-hmm. athleticism. You go to Golden State, that hides all those weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? All of his weaknesses are no longer the, the, being able to jam the paint on him and being able to force him to force him to take jump shots. All of that goes away, mm-hmm. right? Getting him running the floor with Draymond or him doing a pick and roll with Curry, all of those weaknesses, and 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 at the same time blocking shots and grabbing rebounds. Golden State wins. The Golden State wins about one, maybe two, on his watch if everybody stays healthy, mm. right? Because at the end of the day, I understand what you said about super teams, but that era has passed, my friend. Um, you know, it's we are at the point where players are using their using their sports agencies to pull other players off of rosters um, in order to put them on their team, right? We are at that point. So, so trying to be the the on, the honest Boy Scout in a room full of thugs and criminals doesn't make any <laughs> sense, right? So, so you, you know, when in Rome, do what the Romans are doing. So, it, it, look, I, AI said it the other day. Shout out to AI. Um, <laughs> hashtag him. But uh, um, he said it the other day. He would he would love him, Stephen Jackson, and, and Matt Barnes. They would love to see him in. They see the same thing I see, right? Where it's listen, you put him over there, man. Listen. He would he would be run he would look amazing right <laughs> because he's this dude is he can run he can run mm-hmm. he's long he's athletic mm-hmm. he's blocking shots and getting out on the break and catching alley oops mm-hmm. right do you know so except for Golden State just alone that's to completely revitalize and and here's the thing shout out to Steve Kerr Steve Kerr has the has the wherewithal and the know how to be able to use him effectively yeah, him that yeah. in Milwaukee. Shout out to those guys, and and all due respect, to a degree, he's actually hindering um um what's our oh man shoot Middleton. small forward, but he's hindering Middleton, right? His 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 quirky game hinders everybody else because he's a, not effective without the ball. Doesn't have that skill set, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're requiring you're you're requiring a guy who isn't necessarily who hasn't even playing basketball that long to be the anchor of your offense. And everybody else who actually have more refined, polished skill sets have to play off of him. Could you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm gonna do you're gonna do that for the next five years. You will can, we will at the end of every second round, first round, you'll be having the same conversation. What do what went wrong with Giannis? Well, he can't freaking do what you're expecting them to do in this setting. Systems make players, personnel make players. That system and that personnel doesn't work for them. Fair enough. And we'll leave it right there. Andy, thanks again for taking the time. Um, always a pleasure to, to talk hoops with you. And, uh, you know, over the next few days, I'm sure I'll be whining to you about <laughs> the NBA finals and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, thanks again for uh, showing up on the Fort Man podcast. Bruce, I thank you for the opportunity. I really enjoy it. Awesome, man. You take it easy. Take care.